This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. I had the great greatest greatest time last night on Halloween. Yeah, I had the best time on Halloween probably since I was a kid doing my own trick or treating. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Had all Why? the grandkids over and and you know my kids and their kids. And so, so when you say they came over, what they came down the hall from from there? <laughs> no, got actually, over, got they, from work. They all have their own places now, which is really kind of nice. It's really kind of kind of <laughs> special situation. Uh, so they they all came over and uh, we had a really nice party, really nice dinner. My wife decorated the house so nicely, and then we all went out trick or treating with the kids. And it, you know, when they're not your responsibility, they're your kids' responsibility. It just makes the whole night. Even better. <laughs> Even better. You don't have to worry about them running into the nope. yard, a street and getting hit by uh, a car. Somebody else take care. Well, I mean, uh, the street and the car, if I'm the closest one responsible there, I might, I might actually you might help do something out, about it. I might the, help If out. the kid gets hit, it's not on you. Right. It's, it's not on me. It's going to be on, <laughs> on the parents. Uh, it is not my responsibility. Hey, I, I kept you safe. Okay? You keep that kid safe now. Okay. Uh, what am I supposed to keep every generation of kids exactly. safe in this family? Thank you. No, no. Uh, but it was just, so. Then you just get the cuteness, and you don't get any of the any of the madness. Right. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we had that same. I mean, similar night. We were responsible uh, for the kids. No grandparents uh, around. Right. Uh, sadly, yeah. But uh, there was it was a uh, it was a fun night, and uh, to, to see them. Uh, go around and and uh, they're at that point now where you know they'll they'll go a house or two ahead. Like you're walking with them and you can see them, but they're not you know like with you every second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, a lot of it was me pulling a wagon, which we were like, oh, a wagon with them in good. it, yeah. So they just kept getting in it, and then I'd have to pull them uphill, and then it was like it was like <laughs> exercise or something. It was terrible. You actually found a hill in Texas. Yeah, I mean, wow. Agreed. It's not Texas. Uh, right, right. It's slight gray. <laughs> if, it's not, if it's not downhill, it's uphill yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, I just, you just send them out. Go. Go trick or treat and get out. And just, Is know. that what you do when and they're, when they're two back. and three years old? Okay. It's your neighborhood. They know their way around. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, they probably don't. No. Uh, uh, you know. you're, you're the kid from yeah. over there. There's right there your house right there. People help you out. <laughs> People help. Uh, love. Uh, it's fun in Texas because, and it's probably like this all through yeah. the South, where it's warm, you know, on Halloween. 
Uh, but last night was a perfect night. Sometimes it's really hot and humid on, on or really Halloween. Cool. It's still. been chilly on some, some of the Halloweens as well. Like, you, you, where you're like, in a while. Not in the last 100 years. But yeah, not for a while. But anyway, they, it, was n- it was perfect last night. About 70, nice little breeze. Yeah, it, was awesome. it was just beautiful. And, and so a lot of, there's a lot of adult parties in our neighborhoods where, where adults gather together from, from the street and just kind of party together and hand out Halloween candy. Outside, you can't do that when it's twelve degrees. Yeah, no, be. you could. Just a lot of people don't. No, adults so. find ways to turn kid holidays into adult holidays. Yeah, I've yes. noticed, um, and that's the same thing we had. You know, there's pizza, chili, like, might be some drinks, beverages involved. Yeah, maybe some beverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's okay for Mormons to get hammered on Halloween, right? Yeah, that's Halloween the, we get an exemption. I thought yeah. so. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a, that's, a lot of people know that policy. Um, Nobody does, no. in fact, really? except me. I know it. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so that's why you're so hungover so, today, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's it's a uh, it's it's really fun. I mean, it's, it's uh, we're in there in that adorable period. My kids, where they just, I mean, all they mm. talk about for weeks is Halloween, and then they get the candy. I will say that, like, I would. I feel like I was more restrictive with candy allotments last night than I would have been as a would like, that I would have accepted as a child. Like, I, you know, like it was like I, when I was a kid, I remember you're eating until you're almost to the level of vomiting candy. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, your parents finally cut you off. But it's the only reason you stop. The vomiting wouldn't help you make you stop. It was only the parents cutting you off at some right. point. Uh, last night, I was like, oh, here's a few pieces. You know, how, like, we were that parent. You know, like, here's a few pieces. You know, here's your candy. And then, you know, we're going to save the rest for tomorrow. And then you're like, you're like I, limiting. That's unacceptable. Well, Jeffy, we know what you're going to think about this topic. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Plus, with your candy. wagon, your kids could have made an extra haul with the wagon because you're able to carry extra around. Your kids are at the perfect age, man, when, the, when they have their candy bag. Mm-hmm. If it's almost empty, people give them more candy. So you always carry an extra bag with you so that you dump it out and keep your kid's bag empty so that they get more candy when they go up to people's houses. So with the wagon, you're hauling people. a scam for absolutely yeah. every it's scam. It's not a scam. That's just helping your children get more candy. By scamming the houses that are giving you the candy. No, it could just go up and they go, oh, did you just get started? And they get, they're always throwing Did they just extra. get started, Jeffy? Did they? Oh, I can't help what people think. <laughs> yes, you can. That's what conversation does. When someone <laughs> believes something that is untrue, you help them along on that uh, The kids don't have to answer. You tell them not to answer. Yeah, and then it's it's 10.30 at night, and you've got an empty bag. <laughs> You're just getting started? Yep, just getting started. My daddy got home late. Give me candy. <laughs> my, my daddy doesn't love me. He works until really late. <laughs> you know the only ones that show up at 9.30, 10 oh, those are, are yeah, the 18-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. They show up, and they're not wearing a costume, and they're smoking a cigarette. <laughs> they got tats all over their face. Treat! And they just put the bag out. <laughs> Give me something. Eh, get off my porch. See, I I, I pushed it as late as I could. I don't remember when I stopped. It was definitely in high school. Though. Like I mean, I definitely did it really? all the way to high school. Yeah. But I, I stopped did it. At Twelve. I I, stepped, I kept going with the costume, uh, and I never was the you know the the at least never intentional. Right. Who knows what I was back then? But at least I was never on like I'm going to go you know, be jerks to these houses giving me free food. Yeah, uh, it's free freaking candy. I'm going to be nice to them. Yes, um, you but, should be. You yeah. turn it into a job. I mean, you get, yeah. to get the costume and then hit the streets, man. Go. And when you're when you're 14, 15 years old, you can hit a lot of freaking houses. Oh, you're, you're, like, your peak pins. energy. You can you your your uh, steps are long. You know, you're almost a full grown capacity. Uh, so you're, you're, you can cover ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're probably active in a lot of different sports. You've got some wind uh, mm-hmm. there, so you don't get tired too easily. I mean, you mm-hmm. can make a serious haul 
at that point. Those are your prime years, prime earning years. That's when you drag around the pillowcase. And you fill that bad boy up, mm-hmm. and you come home with about 12 pounds of candy. Oh, yeah, that's those are good times. Good times. You, you can't you can't do it as easily now with the little teeny fun size, which there's nothing fun about the size of these candies. Uh, but that's what they call them for some reason, fun size. But every once in a while, you run into a house giving away the full size candy. Yeah, and that's when you've scored. Yeah, that was my big that's dream when you scored uh, growing up because uh, I always wanted to be the house. It probably had changed size. by the time you were, but but Jeffy, didn't you find that when you were a kid? I, I know when I was a kid, it was almost all full size. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it, it was wasn't. Never, I, I don't know if they even invented fun size yet. I may, was the, well. There's two kinds, of, two sizes uh, below the full size, and obviously there's the king size now, uh, which is above. The full size. But there's the two size. There's the fun size. But there's also the snack size. Yeah, the snack size. The snack size is about double the size as the fun size. It's double. Oh, yeah, okay. So that one is, you know, you got a good, you know. Those are okay. You're one bite on the fun size. Those are okay. I mean, you know, you could pop the whole thing in. The the snack size, you're probably taking at least two bites out of it. Not for Jeffy, obviously, but for the the average (laughs) person. Um, Well, Jeffy's eating his finger as he's trying to get all of it. And then he's even getting part of the finger. The fun size, you're doing two or three of those at one time. Snack size, you're like can do a couple at a time. <laughs> you have an interesting perspective. I always added perspective on this sort of topic. Thank you. Uh, but when I, when I was a kid, no, never got no the full, full size bars. Oh, really? you didn't? I mean, really? Only every oh. once in a long while would I mean, wow. it was like legendary, when you, which is why when I grew up, uh, and I had a place uh, that I, you know, uh, I'm the head. It really changed in 15 muscle. years that much. Oh. I guess it would, right? I guess it would. I mean, I seriously can, rem- you know, one, you know, one hand remember how many full size candy bars I got as a kid. Wow, it was always wow. small, but you get a couple of them sometimes, you know. Um, but I wanted to be the house with a full size bar. So when we when we came, you know, when we started doing that, I. I did. I went out and I invested the money in the candy. I thought this was important. Unfortunately, now I live on a road where no one trick or treats. Like even yeah. with the point of like, I would get king size. I would do anything to get people to come, but they don't come. Yeah, we we had that too in our neighborhood until this year, and and then all of a sudden this year people came again. It was kind of fun because uh, we we've got a lot of trick or treaters. I almost went full. Did you size. have any? I almost went full size candy bar this year. Then I was, uh, we did go full size. Uh, but, we were giving uh, no, out the full size. Uh, my neighborhood. Heck yeah, my neighborhood yeah. is. Full, man. They Packed. were coming in two and three to a mule into my neighborhood last night, man. Two or three to a mule? Were they, Grandpa? Yes. Two or yes, three to a mule? I don't even know what that means. Mule. That's such an old expression. <laughs> coming in two or three to a mule? Yeah, it was yeah. busy. Well, it's not new for Jeffy. He came out halfway through his life. <laughs> coming into my neighborhood. <laughs> Two or three to a mule. <laughs> what? Really young whippersnappers. <laughs> Did they have candy the first Halloween that you celebrated? <laughs> no, I was actually thinking, you know, remember the people that would give you the the full-size big boxes of raisins? You'd be so pissed. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I do raisins. remember the raisins. Yeah. What a rip-off raisins are. Raisins. Again, the occasional apple when I was a kid, just a regular apple. Don't yeah. try to sell that to me. Don't. Don't do it. Don't. Um, and when I was a kid, sometimes they'd give you the candied apples, the the uh, caramel apples, 
and they'd already be dipped and they'd come on the stick. But you can't do that anymore because people are worried that no. you've done something to them. No. You know, I the mean, razor blade or the poison, which doesn't actually it's never there's never been a documented case. Right. A lot. Of, there's been a lot of frauds around. And a lot of people will do it themselves and then complain like yeah. not, not they won't eat the needle. But they'll be like, look, I found a needle in this piece of candy. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with the clown thing we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Right. With, like, yes. There's no real cases of, uh, of creepy clowns hurting people. But and my 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 daughters were all freaked out about that. Yeah, my wife and, was. And I'm like, there, there's no real clown. Yes, there is, Dad. Yes, there is. We read it on the Internet. Oh, well, then you got me. You got me. If it's on the Internet, you know, it's got to be true. So watch out for creepy clowns because they're killing people everywhere. I mean, it's, 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 it's just not happening. Right. It's, just, it's tough to convince people of that in it a is. world that has Jeffy. And then, y- Yes. You know, like people uh, are like, wait, really wait, good he's point. real. I mean, what you're telling me something as innocuous in c- comparatively as right. killer clowns wouldn't be real. Right. True. I mean, Jeffy's real. I mean, that's true. Jeffy as a yeah, killer a clown point. is is literally the start of uh, about 15 horror movies. <laughs> it is the, the thing that wakes people up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., cold sweat. It's because they just saw Jeffy as a killer clown. People tell me that all the time. When they I wasn't even going to do anything. I was just standing outside <laughs> like the window. You just, you just didn't have your clothes weren't clean. <laughs> I maintain it. Don't try that in Texas. Oh no! You oh my gosh! Will no. be I know that's, shot. That, that's what's going to happen, right? If, I mean, we talked about it before. Creepy that's clown. You know, skulking around somebody's house. Right. You're getting shot, especially at night. You're you're going to be shot dead. And you know I, what? I just no, wouldn't do it. No one's going to get convicted of it. They're no. all going to be like, yeah, you shouldn't have been a freaking clown on somebody's yard. <laughs> <laughs> right. No one's going to feel bad. But he was a good kid. No, he wasn't. <laughs> don't care. Not that he wasn't. Uh, he shouldn't have dressed as a clown and gone onto their property. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you people. Uh, so, uh, anyway, Clinton has a, apparently is maintaining a six-point lead over Trump, according to a new poll. Um, and this is after the FBI email bombshell. She leads Trump 47-41 in a four-way matchup, according to, uh, oh, it's online, a poll conducted online by NBC. Now, do you know anything about this uh, particular poll, Stu? Because they say isolating uh, data on Saturday and Sunday showed Friday's announcement of the investigation had little effect. Yep. But other polls showed Clinton leading by a smaller margin with signs the race is tightening. Yeah. I think on average, you know, when it comes to when you're looking at the entire picture, you see that it's tightened. Um, I don't know if I would say to the point where it was before the first debate. I don't think it's that close, but it's tightened considerably, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, This particular poll didn't reflect any changes. However, I mean, big caveat to that. First of all, some polls have shown massive changes. I mean, the ABC tracking polls moved by 13 points in the last week or so. Wow, uh, It was really? a 12-point lead for Clinton, and now it's a one-point lead for Trump. Um, so, I mean, but again, it's one poll. And you look at all of them together, you've seen it go from maybe six to eight points to two to four points. Also, I, I, I noticed on the Drudge Report this morning, of course, the one poll he headlines, mm-hmm. uh, Trump by four. So you click on it, and it goes to the Real Clear Politics polling, and it shows all the polls there. Mm-hmm. So it's Trump by four, Clinton by two, Clinton by four, Clinton by seven, Clinton by four, Clinton by three, Clinton by two. I mean, yeah. it's like, I don't how, know. You, how do you live with yourself? Is that a state poll? I haven't seen any Trump plus fours. 
It was it was the, it was the one we talk Florida. about all the time. It was the L.A. Times tracking poll. The L.A. Times tracking poll. Yeah, uh, said the said Trump by four. I didn't even see that today. Um, I mean, I, I don't doubt. Uh, and it's the one we've said all along has been the most favorable for whatever reason. L.A. Right. Times. I mean, it's surprising that they. They found a way to favor Trump, but they, they do and they have the yeah. whole time. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, LA Times, the new one today is 47-43. Yeah. Um, now, it's an interesting. The LA Times one doesn't have third parties involved, which is kind of a weird... Uh, it's, it's a weird poll, and we've talked about that a bunch of times. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's a couple polls that do look pretty good for Trump right now. Um, you know, he's still having problems with the state polls at the state levels. You know, you know if you look at it this way, again, it, it keeps coming down to the same basic math. Uh, Trump holds all the Republican states and wings all, all the swing, swing states. So right there, you, that's where your, your starting point is. Okay, all the Republican states and all the swing states. So when you take, t- hear polls about him winning Ohio or Florida or North Carolina, that's great. But he can't lose any of those. Those aren't even questions. He has to win all of those. So he wins all the Republican states and all the swing states, leaving him to pick up, let's say, one of these four states: Colorado, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. He's got to pick up one of those. That's if he sweeps the swing states and wins all of his normal states. Like, for example, Dick. Utah, which is obviously still close. Yeah, he wins everything he should win. All the, all swing, the swing states. states. And then he's got to pick up Colorado, Colorado, Michigan, Pennsylvania, or Wisconsin. With just one of those? Just one of those. Not all of them. Now, he's behind considerably in all of them, but he needs to pick up just one of those. But he also has to win. Everybody- Nevada, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, Arizona, Iowa, uh, Georgia and South Carolina, uh, you and know, he, Alaska. He trails in some of those, right? In Alaska, like, he's, th- there's been two polls now that have come out and have him behind in Alaska. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. C- can he pick off uh, <clears throat> Wisconsin? That's the one most people talk about as being most likely of him winning. I, I noticed he was campaigning yesterday in Michigan. So yeah. he must think he has a shot there, otherwise he wouldn't bother. Oh, that's pretty pretty standard fare for campaigns that are behind to expand. We're expanding the map. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Clinton is doing that as well. She's buying uh, ads in, you know, Utah and, uh, you know, states that, she, you know, more than anything to make them sort of have to defend them. And- Hi, Mormons. Do you want to vote for the Antichrist? <laughs> vote Hillary Clinton. What's <laughs> <laughs> her ad going to be in Utah? Well, but be, well you got to understand, though, people are eventually going to find out that Evan McMullen has two mommies and he's OK with it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's worse than that. Let's uh, let's find out. About the McMullen robocall from the white supremacist that is telling it like it is. Here's the phone call. (laughs) My name is William Johnson. I'm a farmer and a white nationalist. (laughs) I make this call against Evan McMullen and in support of Donald Trump. Evan McMullen is an open borders amnesty supporter. Evan has two mommies. His mother is a lesbian married to another woman. Evan is okay with that. Indeed, Evan supports the Supreme Court ruling legalizing gay marriage. Evan is over 40 years old and is not married and doesn't even have a girlfriend. I believe Evan is a closet homosexual. Don't vote for Evan McMullen. Vote for Donald Trump. He will respect all women and be a president we can all be proud of. I pay for this ad for the American National Super PAC. That is really bad stuff. I mean, really bad innuendo. And uh, no, there I mean, wasn't what, much an innuendo. He was just saying. Yeah, he was just, just saying. It. What, are you su- what are you supposed to do if your mother's a lesbian? Are you supposed to strangle her to death? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> his, so. His mother's a lesbian, married to a woman, and he's okay with it. Well, do you want him to I publicly disown her? Do you want him to beat her savagely? What, what do you want him to do? 
Call the police. <laughs> my mo- hello, officer. My mother is a lesbian. And, and I'm not okay with it. And I'm not okay with it. <laughs> Please send, swing by her place. Send help immediately. Uh, I don't know what you do. Uh, my understanding is you're not allowed uh, to micro. Help me! My mother is a lesbian! Help! What are you going to do? Oh, no. I, I, I will say I don't know. I, I mean, it's, uh, you, you know, typically, like, when you're a young child, your mother micromanages your life. It's not typical when you're both adults that you would manage, micromanage her. Yeah, it really isn't. And, and he doesn't even have a girlfriend. He believes he's a homosexual. So, I mean, first I mean, of all, if the white nationalist believes he is, I have to. Right, right. right. It's, just, it's, it's I mean, only logical. Again, this is the level of, of what we've come to expect. So bad. You know, from this campaign. So bad. Uh, pretty bad. And, I, you know, I, it's an interesting thing because the media was looking at the, you know, was writing stories about this ad. And somebody wrote, you know, I don't know if this is really going to affect all Mormons. They're not going to necessarily. <laughs> no, uh, or a lot of Mormons. Not, I guarantee it's not no, going to. And, but it's like interesting uh, so. that that's what they think about Mormons. In that, like, they think that a white nationalist saying, hey, guys, uh, you know, you, this guy might be gay. I think he's gay and his mom's gay. Uh, therefore, you're not going to vote for him. Um, you know, I, I suppose uh, Utah has a nice little opportunity next Tuesday uh, to uh, send a message that that's not who they are. Sure um, so. But, you know, I, I guess we'll see. So. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, it would be because, I mean, again, McMullen, um, even if you like Trump, you can root for McMullen. Because it doesn't, if McMullen wins Utah, which is really the only state right now he's in the picture of winning, mm-hmm. um, he would take the six electoral votes. Um, Donald Trump, in theory, I mean, if he wins big, he's, if he wins bigly, uh, then he wins anyway. It doesn't make a difference. If, uh, if, if uh, McMullen only wins uh, Utah, and it, it, it's enough to push uh, Trump under 270 electoral votes, it will go to the House. And in that House vote, it will be... Trump versus Clinton versus McMullen um, with 99.9% certainty they're going to pick Donald Trump because Donald Trump is mm-hmm. going to be the state or the representative that the voters of almost every state these people are from. You're not going to pick the guy with right. six electoral votes. Utah might. Utah's vote might very well yeah, go to McMullen. Maybe, but, but outside of that, win. he's not going to win. Yeah, and, 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 and so Donald Trump was going to wind up winning the election anyway. But what a message it sends. What a message it sends to uh, to the Republican Party, um, you know, to, to take. Elect- Remember, no one has won an electoral vote in this country since 1968. Uh, Nobody outside Republicans out, out, right. and Democrats. There's been some quirky like individuals taking stands and not using their electoral vote as, as it was supposed to be assigned and things like that. But yeah. I mean, generally speaking, um, you know, we're talking, uh, uh, you know, something that's has not happened in a long time, and it's very difficult to you do. You think about that. Ross Perot didn't even win an nope. electoral vote. No. He, 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 he was 19, he got 19% of the popular vote, but he didn't win any states, so he didn't win any electoral votes. Yep. There was one, liber- one libertarian got one, and I think one other guy got one. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember who it was. Um, uh, throughout since 1968, but, I mean George Wallace was a well-known figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Wallace obviously was a uh, hardcore uh, racist, particularly at that time. Also um, a Democrat and a Democrat. Um, however, uh, McMullen was fairly un—I mean, not even fairly unknown when it comes to political standing. Just a few months ago, we hadn't heard um, of him. Yeah, I mean, and we're, we swim—you know—we're in these circles all the time. 
Yeah. Uh, this is where we live. We know a lot of these operatives. We certainly know a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, you know, like we, for example, we talked about David French and like you know, Pat was like, ah, I kind of knew him. And, we, you know, we had a general idea of who mm. he was beginning writes for the National Review. You know, I, I'd read his columns and such. But, you know, McMullen was below in in, uh, in profile in he, profile he's yes. below david even and he's uh, probably done more a lot more politically than david french yes but we didn't know about it we didn't know he was the chief policy advisor to the white to the uh to the, to house. the house of representatives I, I didn't know that yeah so i mean it's an interesting uh i mean it would be just for history's sake i'm kind of interested yeah. uh, to see if he can be pull off the state i mean it, it never before been done uh, in that way there's yeah. never been a case where, like, this guy kind of came out of nowhere to win a state like that. But, I mean, yeah, okay, I mean, I, you know, Donald Trump is who he is. So, triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, we're talking about, you know, what do you do to prepare for whatever's coming? I mean, right now, it is a weird world. And, mm. uh, you know, obviously, you have uh, all the political turmoil. You have economic, uh, th- you know, upheaval that we've seen around the world and, and even here at some level. And then, of course, uh, you have global warming, which is uh, ravishing our country. Oh, it's um, <clears throat> catastrophic. catastrophic. Uh, it's crushing us. You know, we lost, uh, people didn't talk about this, lost to Nevada, sunk into the, uh, into the sea. You would and think came that under somebody California. would have mentioned that, but no? No, nah, I, huh. I mean, I think wow. you could still uh, absentee vote <laughs> uh, if you're in Nevada. Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Now, don't let that happen to you. And don't leave it to the government. The last thing you want to do is say, okay, well, FEMA will be here. Well, they may or they may not, and it almost always takes at least three days, sometimes more than that. My Patriot Supply helps you get ready uh, and be prepared on on your own. Helps you be self-sufficient. And right now you can get four weeks of easy-to-prepare food for $99. Yeah. Give them a call, 888-411-5290, 888-411-5290, or online at preparewiththeblaze.com. It's a four-week emergency food supply. Food is delicious. You don't have to worry about it being like, here's dried potato flakes uh, that taste like paste. No, no it's no. actually good food. And it's only 99 bucks for a, a full month. I mean, you know, you're always, you're, you're going to need food. You know, so you, this is not money that yeah. goes to waste. It prepares you for an emergency and you can eat it whenever you feel like it. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. The experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. It's Pat and Stu. Hey! Monday, don't forget, Monday, Monday, Monday! It's the biggest vote of all time. I think the biggest uh, douche Hall of Fame vote of all time. Hillary Clinton 
possibly the next president of the United States, goes up for a vote on Monday, uh, the date, because we have a rule, no sitting president can be elected to the Douche Hall of Fame. It's just not nice. Now, there's a constitutional crisis uh, that would occur if mm-hmm. we tried to do it in between election and uh, and the actual <laughs> right. inauguration, right, right, right. which we don't we want to get involved in that area. We want to get it done beforehand. So we don't have to do that. It doesn't have to go to some Supreme Court. System. We don't want there to be any question. So we're going to have the vote the day before the election, before anybody knows whether she's going to be president or not. And and in fact is, we think she's not going to be. Uh, so it'll be perfectly fine, but we just want to make sure. And leading up to the vote, we want you to know who you're dealing with, who you're voting for or voting against for the Douche Hall of Fame. And so here is part two of our series, because we never talk about Hillary Clinton. All we do is bash Donald Trump. That's all we do. Amen. Day and night, and we never talk about Hillary like this. Bill and Hillary Clinton burst into the national consciousness during the presidential election campaign of 1992. Up until that point, very few people outside of Arkansas had ever heard of them. Bill Clinton was young, considered good-looking, hip, and knew how to appeal to youthful voters, as he proved on a show called Arsenio Hall, where he played the saxophone. With his supportive wife, Hillary, on his side, Clinton came out of nowhere to win the presidency something that a year earlier seemed virtually impossible with the incumbent President George H.W. Bush at about 90% approval rating following the first Gulf War. But their days in Arkansas, embroiled in the Whitewater scandal, the affairs and questions about Hillary's association with the firm where she had been a partner, and the legality of some of her actions there continued to haunt them. Among other things, there were questions of conflict of interest regarding state business and that same politically connected and powerful Rose Law Firm in Little Rock. Clinton argued the questions were moot because all of the transactions with the state had been deducted before determining the pay Hillary received from the firm. But more questions and concerns arose when Bill Clinton announced that, with Hillary, voters would be getting two presidents for the price of one, a promise at which many Americans balked. Since the American citizens don't have the opportunity to vote two-for-one presidential specials, but those questions and concerns were overcome. But Hillary and the newly elected president scandals certainly didn't end there or at the Arkansas border. Freshly moved into their accommodations at the White House in Washington, D.C., they allegedly began illegally obtaining FBI files on their enemies, almost exclusively Republicans but also others who happened to get in their way. This became known as Filegate, and it was first discovered by the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee as they were investigating Hillary's Travelgate scandal. The committee found that the FBI files had been improperly accessed by Craig Livingstone, a former bar bouncer Hillary had hired to work in the White House Counsel's office. However, Hillary blew the scandal off as, quote, completely honest bureaucratic snafus, end quote. Investigators eventually accepted her explanation and dropped it. 
As for Travelgate, Bill had taken office in January of 1993, and in May, seven employees of the White House Travel Office were suddenly fired. This action was unusual because, while staff employees serve at the pleasure of the president and could be dismissed without cause, in practice, such employees usually remain in their posts for many years. The White House stated the firings were done because financial improprieties in the travel office operation during previous administrations had been revealed by an FBI investigation. Others, however, contended the firings were done to allow friends of the First Lady, Hillary Rodham Clinton, to take over the travel business and that the involvement of the FBI was unwarranted. Heavy media attention forced the White House to reinstate most of the employees in other jobs and remove the Clinton associates from the travel role. Bill was cleared by an independent counsel, Kenneth Starr, in 1998 of any involvement in Travelgate. But Hillary was found to have played a central role in their firings. She was also caught lying about her involvement in it. However, again, no action was ever taken against her. Hillary spoke to Barbara Walters in 1996 about Travelgate. A 1993 memo by a former White House aide, David Watkins, was made public in which he says that you were responsible for the firing of seven people in the White House Travel Office because you wanted to have an Arkansas uh, travel agency take its place and there would have been nothing illegal about you doing that but you have said you had no idea how the decision was made and that you had nothing to do with it That's is he lying well i think what is fair to say is that i did voice concern about the financial mismanagement that was discovered when the president arrived here in the white house travel office i think that everyone who knew about it was quite concerned and wanted it to be taken care of but i did not make the decisions i did not direct anyone to make the decisions but i have absolutely no doubt that i did express concern because i was concerned about any kind of financial mismanagement also in 1993 a religious cult known as the branch davidians led by david koresh were suspected of weapons violations so, President Clinton's Attorney General, Janet Reno, sent the ATF to raid their compound in Waco, Texas, in an attempt to serve a warrant. In the ensuing gun battle, four government agents were killed, along with six Branch Davidians. That gave rise to a 51-day siege of the compound. On the final day of the siege, the FBI launched an attack on the Davidians, firing tear gas canisters into the home to attempt to drive Koresh and his supporters out. This is when a fire erupted that killed 76 men, women, and children, including Koresh himself. Questions remain on how the fire began, but a government investigation in 2000 concluded it was started by the Davidians themselves. Facts that we know now indicate that the FBI did not set that fire. That fire was set by David Koresh and the people in that building. It was a terrible tragedy that it came on the heels of federal agents being killed, just murdered. We've got to put it in perspective, realizing that as we do, it is still vitally, critically important that we pursue every aspect of the investigation. 1993 was quite a year for the Clinton White House. Hillary's close friend and deputy White House counsel, Vince Foster, with connections to both Whitewater and the Travelgate scandals, 
was found dead on July 20th from a fatal gunshot wound to his mouth. His death was ruled suicide. Federal investigators were not allowed into Foster's office immediately after his death. But White House aides were. That gave rise to speculation that the files and or evidence were removed. After Ken Starr ruled Foster's death a suicide, one of his key investigators claimed the ruling had been predetermined and said the crime scene had been altered and stories about the event killed. Barbara Walters discussed the tragedy with Hillary. You know there is the reoccurring rumor about you and Vince Foster. What was your relationship with him? Oh, he was one of my dearest friends, Barbara. He was a colleague. He was a partner. He'd been a friend of my husband's since they were boys of four or five years of age, and I miss him. You know, there was then this whole business after his suicide of whether you tried to um, have records removed or have them examined before they were shown uh, to the Justice Department. And you have said that you uh, did nothing to uh, impede the investigation into his death, had no concern over access to the documents in his office. You know, I want to be very clear about this. Okay. There were no documents taken out of Vince Foster's office on the night he died, and I did not direct anyone to interfere in any investigation. In the mid-1990s, Hillary allegedly had a brainstorm. Bill needed money for his re-election campaign, and the Chinese had money. Lots of money. The Chinagate fundraising scheme was hatched. Chinagate is perhaps the most underrated, unknown, and yet disastrous scandals in all of American history. It involved the transfer of America's most sensitive technology secrets, including, but not limited to, nuclear missile and satellite tech, apparently in exchange for millions of dollars in contributions to the Clinton campaign effort and the DNC. The allegation is that Hillary came up with the plan for the administration to sell seats on its taxpayer-funded trade missions in exchange for contributions. During those missions, the Chinese gained access to vital and secret American technology. The case was so serious and so damaging that the Commerce Department asked for a judgment against itself to avoid any further revelations. The court refused and insisted the Commerce Department conduct a new search for trade mission records and authorize discovery into the illegal concealment and destruction of government records. Congressional investigations, FEC investigations, a criminal inquiry by the Justice Department and the FBI followed. The DOC eventually changed its trade mission policy, which abandoned all political contributions affecting mission seats. During the investigation by the Department of Justice, about 120 people connected to Chinagate either fled the country or pleaded the fifth to prevent testifying. Clinton friend Ya Lin Charlie Trey pleaded guilty to charges of violating campaign finance rules in exchange for having pended indictments dropped against him in Washington and Arkansas. According to news reports in 1997, Democratic donor Johnny Chung received a $150,000 transfer from the Bank of China three days before he handed then First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton's Chief of Staff a $50,000 check. President Clinton admitted in 1997 that he invited major campaign donors to spend the night in the White House. The Clintons hosted 404 overnight guests. 
Judicial Watch brought a lawsuit on behalf of the shareholders of Laurel Space and Communications Limited. Laurel had transferred sensitive U.S. missile technology to China in the 1990s. The CEO, Bernard Schwartz, gave $1.5 million to various Democratic Party entities, including Bill Clinton's 1996 re-election campaign. At the same time, Schwartz and Laurel convinced the Clinton administration to transfer Technology Export Licensing Authority from the State Department to a more politically influenced Commerce Department. Schwartz and Laurel then obtained licenses from the Commerce Department that were needed to launch Laurel Manufactured Communication Satellites into orbit from China. Yet, as always, friends, acquaintances, and the United States of America paid a hefty price. But Hillary and Bill came away unscathed. It's interesting to note that finally in 2006, without notice or without fanfare, an appellate court upheld an award of $900,000 to Judicial Watch for attorney's fees and costs from the trial. Where there is billowing smoke, there is apparently never any fire, at least if the Clintons are connected, except when other women are involved, which we will cover in the next episode. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Why did you? Uh, I mean, I gotta be the one to ask it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Why did you spend that entire last break bashing Donald Trump? <laughs> That's what will be asked, isn't it? I mean, you know, the whole thing—twelve minutes of you, nonstop uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you wrote that piece. I did. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. You're right. Which was basically a commercial. For Hillary Clinton. Uh, you didn't even mention Donald Trump in it. No, that's true. Twelve straight true. minutes. And usually that's... Non-stop Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to expect you're balanced on this election? That you're... It's something about principle? You love her. Mm-hmm. Pat is with Hillary Clinton. Well, it was He's all about her, her scandals, uh, Stu. It was all about why you shouldn't vote for her. Uh, that's what it was about. So... Uh, all publicity is good publicity? No publicity is bad publicity. Uh, that is actually the Trump mantra. It is. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, Sarah Silverman loves America, as you know. God, no, but apparently what? not really. Now what? I don't know. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen this. Have you? Uh, she told the New Yorker that an old boyfriend of hers kind of creeped her out once. Ooh, let's find out. Let's find out about it. I had a boyfriend once, and it was the first boyfriend I ever had who had a house. He moved into a whole house. And he put a, um, he was, one day, he was putting an American flag up the flagpole. And I said, my, I got nervous. <laughs> and I said, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm putting up the American flag. And I said, why? And he said, um, because I love America. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. And then I walked to my car and I called my sister. And uh, because, um, 
I love America too. I love America, but not like above all other places or anything. And I call her and I said, why do I feel so uncomfortable that my uh, boyfriend is putting an American flag up at his house? And she said, because Jews have an innate fear of nationalism. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. What? <laughs> but that USA's no. number one, USA's number one no, kind of fervor is, uh, mm -hmm. it's so scary. I, what? what? It's incomprehensibly stupid. Well, it's incomprehensibly stupid. However, it is how almost every freaking celebrity thinks about right. the country. That's right. It's, they don't. It's she just identify. admits it. Right. Yeah. She's just identifying. I think a very common thing among her. You yeah. know, sort of. Usually uh, they don't. Usually uh, they'll stop it. I love America too, but blah blah blah. blah. But she doesn't. She doesn't stop there. She keeps no. going. I, I don't even mean it. And, like uh, I mean, I, I think she. Uh, is expressing a, a real thing there. Um, but it, 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 what the best part about that was not the parts where people were laughing, because you can never know. Like She's a comedian. She's trying to make people laugh. I'm sure she's telling it in a way. But at one point yeah, she says, funny. but I like, I like uh, in America, not like an above-all-else sort of thing. Like, well, well what... What do you mean? What, what, you you don't like it any better than Rhodesia? Right. Well, Rhodesia's pretty sweet. But that's not that. All right, of course, it's Zimbabwe now, but... Uh, well, yeah. But Rhodesia's pretty good. We now. still love... We still love Zimbabwe just as much. Well, she apparently does. I actually don't. Actually, so. some people really love the Rhodesia thing. Isn't that the white supremacist uh, reference point? No, probably. I think it is. But I actually do love America above all other yeah, places. Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm above kind of all other too. places. I mean, so. I can. I'm a Canadian sports lover. <laughs> Hi. It's Hi. Welcome back. Uh, Tesla just unveiled its new at-home battery. Yeah. Uh, got a new battery that, I guess, is this one that powers your home? Yeah. Can you, do we have the picture, by any chance? Uh, of, uh, so this is just the battery, which we've seen this before. It's nice because it's just flush against the wall. Uh, it is uh, very, you know, Apple and sort of its design. It looks cool and modern. You can put it in your garage. You can put it outside. Um, and what it is fueled by... It's kind of big, but... I mean, it's not that big, though, for a, to, you know, but to power your house. What it does, supposedly, is... Do we have a picture of the roof by any chance, Andrew? Okay. The, 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 uh, one of the big things they introduced was... Um, and they brought all these people, these tech people, in front of this house or showed them pictures of this house. I don't exactly know how it worked, but I was reading about it. And they said, basically, they showed them this house and they said, they told them about the battery and everything. And then they said, by the way, the tiles on the top are solar tiles. And they didn't look like it. They looked cool and, and like normal. No one even noticed that they were solar panel panels on the roof. So they don't look like old oh, really? school solar panels. So they're Tesla tiles. panels? Yeah, they're Tesla tiles mm. that are tiling the roof. Mm. And apparently are very strong. Now, of course, we heard the same thing from the Solar Road people. Yeah. Um, we don't know yet what the deal is with that. Um, but these are supposed to like survive big hit, like stronger than like a slate tile that would might break under a huge hailstorm. This is supposed to be even stronger than that. Um, and it would what it does is during the day it instead of having like solar panel solar panels are weird because obviously you have the day and night issues. So the typical way solar panels have work on a house. So you have solar panels outside. Uh, when it's sunny, they power the house as much as they can, depending on how many you have. Um, and then uh, it gets to be night, and you usually would use your normal hookup to the, the grid to power your house at night. 
with the Tesla thing is you you use the power during the during the day it's storing the excess power. Uh, it's going into these batteries, and then overnight you you power from those batteries. That's kind of their innovation. It's a cool idea. I mean, who knows? Cool. is the uh, phone number. Mm. Um, you know, we are one week away from the presidential election. In mm-hmm. that election, uh, there's a, a 99% plus a probability that we will elect uh, one of the two worst presidents in United States history. Um, that is uh, where we stand right now. I'm kind of getting to the point, I mean, look. At least with Trump, there's a chance! No, there's not. <laughs> it's not like Donald Trump is... I mean, you could say this, like, if Evan McMullen seemed like a terrible candidate... But was running as a Republican, you could say to me, at least there's a chance that Evan McMullen is a Republican. We don't know that much about him. He's only been around for a few months that we know of. So at least there's a chance. With Donald Trump, he's been around ever since I've been alive. Yeah. The man and he's been, been the same the, same guy the, same the whole time. douchebag the entire time. time. Um, and has been sitting here being, first of all, almost unendingly liberal to the point of he's proposed things throughout his life that have been to the left of things Bernie Sanders believes in. Uh, now he claims to be a Republican. I see very little evidence uh, that he has any foundational... Right now, today, he is pro- proposing a $1 trillion yeah. stimulus package. By the way, almost four times what his opponent is proposing. Uh, that is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and it's more, it's a bigger package than uh, Barack Obama proposed. Yeah. And got... It's, it's bigger than the initial stimulus that we all hated so much. I, I don't know what the apologists are saying about it. It's so funny because I mean, have you heard? Have you? What are they, they saying? Don't, they about just, it? just let it go because they want him to win. It, you know, it's a hall pass for him to do anything he wants, and it will be, by anything. the way, that same hall pass if he becomes president. Because he, yeah, everything well. he wants to do that's liberal, all the Republicans will be like, "Well, you got to understand that." Blah blah blah, helping children. Blah blah yep. blah. Oh, he's helping mothers in their maternity leave. Blah blah blah. blah. Our crumbling infrastructure yeah. must be replaced. Well, but you got to understand, uh, they, we couldn't build the border wall. Uh, Have you seen our roads and bridges? we got to take care of that first. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Really, uh, in the first four years, when not one brick has gone up in that wall that he's supposedly building and Mexico is going to pay for or reimburse us for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's another thing. You just dropped off of the Mexico's going to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, we it's sorry, we're going to be reimbursed. So yeah, we'll just reimburse. We'll be paid for it first, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What? Just, just no, no, and nobody calls him out. No. Nobody In calls fact, out. when I called him out on it on my Facebook page, people were saying, "Oh, what did you expect? Of course, we're going to reimburse us. That's what it was from the beginning." No. 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 So he said they were going to pay for it. There was no reimbursement. There was no. Yeah, we're going to put up the money and then hope they pay us back someday. You know, that's yeah. not how you operate. No, it, it, uh, we expect they'll pay us back. <sighs> Come was on, his word man. Will it, we expect? Oh, do you expect it? Which wh- I'm sorry, who are you saying is dumb in government? You expect Mexico to pay you back after the wall is built? And by the way, when you're they cutting told off, you they're not going to. A, they told you in advance they're not going to. B, you're cutting off one of their largest sources of national revenue. 
If you actually were to control the border, which of course he won't, but if he was to actually do it, you'd be cutting off a huge part of their national revenue with people sending money back. Depending on the year, it's either first or second. Yeah. First or I guess second. tourism, right? No, tourism, tourism is the, is the other one. Yeah. 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 So, uh, my guess is tourism will probably be down under this uh, circumstance, so maybe it will be first. Uh, it's such a bizarre sort of thing. But here, here's two things, and this is, we, we'll let you in. At least let me let me let you into my mindset a little bit when we talk about this stuff, because eh, it's the Pat and Stu show. And I don't, you know, around here, this is an audience that voted uh, Donald Trump into the grand nozzle of the douche hall of fame. So I think you guys got to get it for a second. People say all the time, well, you guys are just want to talk about Donald Trump all the time. That's all you do is focus on him. It's, I mean, it's not even true. You know what I want to do right now? You know what I want to do right now? Is I want to go back and find all of the times, all of the comments from the same people backing Trump now, uh, eight years ago, when the $787 billion st- stimulus pittance compared yeah. to what Donald Trump is trying to do right. was was absolutely destroyed by it, every single person on the, the right. It was the worst thing in the world. Yeah. It was the worst proposal ever. It was something that was going to uh, get us into deeper and deeper debt, which it did. But now this one, all of a sudden, is not even worthy of mention. That's when they don't don't even talk about. Uh, And remember, this is after I was upset about it when he said he was only going to double Hillary Clinton's stimulus. Now he's going four times it. In fact, his stimulus, Donald Trump's stimulus plan is roughly the amount of money that that came from Hillary Clinton's uh, stimulus plan plus uh, Barack Obama's stimulus. Barack Obama plus Hillary Clinton equals Donald Trump when it comes to stimulus. That's how crazy this is. Yet nobody's making a big deal about it. And this is really my frustration when it comes to Trump, more than anything else. Because you know what? I expect Hillary Clinton to be terrible. I expect Donald Trump to be terrible. What is so infuriating about this election is the lack of people with the balls to hold Donald Trump accountable, even if they want him to win. What lessons are we teaching Donald Trump when we won't even call him out about a trillion dollar stimulus program? What the hell is he going to do in office? This man is going to roll over every conservative thing that has ever occurred in this country without mm-hmm. any resistance because people are such wusses. And that was not the first word that came to mind uh, as I started that sentence. Um, it is pathetic. Think about this. You have a, a party that has been built probably was one of the two or three main economic platforms since Ronald Reagan has been free trade. It has been something that has been universally praised and to the point of very recently, very recently, it was the sort of issue that was the science is settled, right? It was the mm-hmm. sort of issue that was so universally seen as positive by, by everyone. In fact, many, you know, mm-hmm. on both sides of the aisle, um, but, you know, mainly as a platform on the right side. When it comes to economists, it's pretty much everybody. But when it comes to uh, political parties, the Republican Party, this is part of the platform. It was part of what we believed in. It always has been since at least Reagan. Um, now, both parties are against it. Now, Hillary Clinton, in her private emails, uh, seems to be more for it than, uh, than she lets on. Um, but uh, Donald Trump has been against it the entire time. Hillary Clinton publicly certainly is against it the whole time. Bernie Sanders is against it the whole time. I mean, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump are one in the same when it comes to trade. That should disturb people. And it's one thing to say, I'm, I'm a reluctant Trump voter. It's another thing to let him get away with this nonsense constantly. And, the, and the, you know, the other thing is, like, they'll say, well, I'm going to vote for him. I hope he wins. And then we get, he gets in. Then we'll hold him accountable. Good luck with that, first of all. Second of all, why the hell should I believe you either? 
The same people who are ignoring it now, I'm supposed to believe after the election, going to have this magical turnaround, this come to Jesus moment where they all of a sudden are once again critical of their own side. Anything Donald Trump says that can get any Democrat votes is going to get through. And the way he's going to target those Democrat votes is to become more and more liberal. He's not going to try to appeal to conservatives. Those people don't seem to care what he says. So that is a real problem. Um, we went into and we talked about this with Scott Lincecum from uh, Cato Institute. He's a big free trade guy and a guy uh, who was, uh, you know, one of the smartest in the business uh, on this uh, on this particular issue. Talk to him on the wonderful world of Stu. Watch. Are a human no. being or an alien from outer space, for that matter. You have definitely heard presidential candidate Donald Trump yell about how free trade is hurting the country. It's a complicated subject for sure, but. Trump's understanding of how trade works in America is about as accurate as his understanding of a comb. Here to dispel some myths surrounding free trade is trade attorney and self-described free market evangelist Scott Lincecum. Uh, Scott, thanks for coming on the program. Uh, thanks I will, for having me. I will say thank you uh, for, I believe your Twitter feed is one of the things that has kept me sane throughout the 2016 election. Uh, and here's why. I, you know, this poll came out from, from Pew. And I, you know, I don't know, I had this weird idea that people who believed in the free market believed in free trade and saw free trade as something that was really positive. And it seemed to be true for uh, Republicans and and libertarian-leaning voters this entire time. However, since Donald Trump started running, uh, we've seen a crash in support among Republican and Republican-leaning voters in support of free trade agreements from 55% to 32%. What the hell is going on? Well, uh, fortunately, uh, I think we can say pretty confidently that a lot of the drop in uh, Republican support for free trade has very, very little to do with the facts on the ground, i.e., you know, voters having horrible experiences with trade. Um, instead, what you do is if you back out that Pew data maybe 10 years or more, you see that – and similar poll data from Gallup – you see that uh, – Voters' views on trade generally fluctuate depending on who's in office and on the campaign campaign rhetoric they're hearing. So uh, when you had George W. Bush in office, you had Republicans actually pretty supportive of free trade agreements. He was pushing a lot of them. Uh, meanwhile, Democrats um, were, were uh, more opposed. Um, all of a sudden, uh, you switch that script, and then uh, you had Republican support waning a bit and Democratic support increasing as President Obama pushed uh, his own uh, FTA and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, so, and then, of course, you bring in Donald Trump to the mix, um, and it's just uh, gasoline on the fire, and that simply amplified this kind of partisan shift. Um, and at the end, it's not everybody, but when you have 40% that support trade, 40% that oppose trade, and this kind of waffling 20%, you go um, pretty wild swings in majority to minority um, in terms of support. I-, I was surprised to see it from a lot of people in an audience of, you know, talk radio listeners that sit here and think about these things all the time. Um, I, you know, it really, to me, I mean, if you go back to the Reagan days, and it's one of those things that was central to the Reagan argument about the economy, that free trade was crucial. I mean, you look at the, give me, because I mean, I, I looked at this a lot, and I, I'm, I'm so frustrated about this, and I, I, get, I get fired up. But it's like, to me, free trade is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to humanity. It has, it has lifted billions of people out of poverty and made our lives here in the United States better. Can you kind of give a, a give somebody who is a normal um, free marketeer and but thinks trade is is just too far for them to go? Can you kind of give them right. the case? 
Yeah, sure. You know, the the first thing we have to understand is um, that trade is not really among countries. Um, it's about among individuals. And uh, what free trade really is is simply getting government out of the way of transactions between uh, consumer and producer. And thus, and in our case, letting the American people um, buy from whomever they want, whenever they want, at whatever terms they want. Um, now, uh, that gets hidden when you start talking about places like China or Japan or Mexico or whatever. Um, but Americans do seem to understand it more um, when you talk about uh, Florida selling oranges to New York or people therein. Um, and so, you know, there is – you. you Republicans, politicians, uh, media, and so forth, they talk about the trade in, in these very grand country versus country, us versus them, uh, terms that really don't apply when you, when you get down to it. Um, all right, let's go through some of the arguments that they make. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, Donald Trump uh, rose to prominence, and honestly, just uh, sort of the same thing with Bernie Sanders. It was really the big the socialist in the campaign and the Republican in the campaign uh, fighting it out on who can be more left on trade. Um, and so it, one of the big arguments that he continually brings up, and it seems to connect with people, is the idea that we have a huge trade deficit, particularly with China, but other countries as well. The trade deficit, is it actually important and how is it explained? Sure. So, the, you know, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but the reality is that the trade deficit has uh, very little to do with trade policy. Uh, you know, Economics 101 will actually teach us that trade deficits are not caused by uh, simple things like FTAs. They're instead caused by broad macroeconomic factors, uh, particularly savings and investment uh, patterns in, in countries. Um, so so when you first understand that, um, you begin to see that you know the trade deficit is not this end-all, be-all like Donald Trump. Uh, claims. Then you also look at the historical data, and this is my favorite thing. If you actually look back over the last 30 years, you see that the United States trade deficit expands uh, in unison with our GDP growth expanding or, or improving. Mm -hmm. You see that the trade deficit expands when manufacturing output goes up. Uh, you see the trade deficit expands when unemployment is going down. In fact, the last time that we had a significant contraction of our trade deficit was during the Great Recession. Um, which was certainly not a good time for economic output or jobs or, or whatever. So when you, when you actually start looking at the stats, you can see that all these claims about NAFTA and the rest of these trade agreements um, destroying or causing our trade deficit are really just simply false. Uh, now, because you know, it kind of just strikes me as a BS stat uh, in a way. It's, it's, a, it's a stat that doesn't really mean anything, but people will say what does mean something uh, are jobs. We had all these jobs. We had these manufacture. We used to manufacture things here. We used to make stuff. And now that's all gone. It's all being right. shipped overseas. And that's what Donald Trump, I think, connects with people because they maybe remember a time in which their family was better off or, you know, they think that, uh, you know, one of their uh, relatives, their parent, their grandparent had this stable life. And now because of uh, the, you, you economic free traders, you've taken that away from them. Right. 
Right. And this gets to, to some of the other kind of well-worn myths that are out there about the trade deficit uh, or about trade in general. Um, you know, U.S. manufacturing output in terms of value add was $2.4 trillion last year. Um, we're at record highs in terms of output. Um, at the same time, uh, the United States is still the world's second largest manufacturer. Um, and then on the flip side of that, um, according to the Census Bureau, only about 2 to 3% of all job losses at most over the last 10 uh, or 20 years um, have been caused by trade or by imports. And in fact, uh, there's a great study by Ball State that shows that about 90% of all manufacturing job losses between the great China disruption that that supposedly occurred in the, in the 2000s, about 90% of those job losses were actually caused by productivity gains in manufacturing sector had nothing to do with trade. Now, all of this gets lost, and it gets lost because what the American people see when they go to Walmart is made in China or made in Mexico. Um, and they, what they don't see are all the things that the United States is very, very good at making. And that are things like satellites and jet aircraft. You know, you don't see labels on those things or you don't see them at all. And, mm. and so the, the reality is that the United States is still quite a a globally dominant manufacturer, just simply not in the things that Americans will see every day. Meanwhile, there are these quite visceral images of closed factories, uh, many of which have actually just moved to the South uh, in, in search of a better tax and regulatory climate. Uh, in 2014, U.S. Free, tra- uh, free Trade Agreement partners purchased 13 times more goods per capita from the United States than non-FTA countries did. I mean, this is, if you want trade uh, and you want to have this, the the benefits of it, and you want it to be fair and free, I mean, the best thing we can do is enter into uh, free trade agreements with countries. Now, my perfect vision of a real free trade agreement is we don't need one because we just get to do what we want. Individuals get to just, I don't know, have free trade. Uh, but I mean, this is as close as we've been able to come so far. And until we can come up with something better, these things generally benefit the American people yeah. by lower priced goods, being able to afford and, and purchase what they want, uh, more of what they want for less cost. I just ha- I just have no faith in the American people anymore to understand that. Yeah, you know, and, and it's certainly difficult and and I don't I don't blame a lot of American voters for having kind of wishy-washy views on trade. You know, the vast majority of American voters have not been affected directly by import competition. They don't have a friend or relative or or, or coworker or neighbor that's that's been affected. Um, and at the same time, you know, the, the benefits are more hidden and more diffuse. Um, and and so you you can understand why they don't pay attention. And at the same time, look, free trade agreements are not perfect. They are the product of politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, from our experience with things like Obamacare, there, there are inevitably going to be things in these agreements that we free traders, we free marketers don't like. But on the whole, unlike some sort of massive regulatory boondoggle like Obamacare that actually seeks to insert the government between you and your doctor or you and, and another uh, private company or individual, free trade agreements for the most part are trying to remove government from your life. All right. And in this, this is where you find out that Scott is much nicer than, than I am because I totally blame the American voter. I totally blame you. But Scott doesn't because he's much nicer. Uh, Scott Linsicum, uh, thanks so much for coming on the program, and I appreciate you uh, trying to set the record straight. My pleasure. Happy to have it. Mm. 
All right. That is the uh, end game of my analysis, by the way, um, which is I completely blame the American voter. Do I have more like talk show hosts? Mm -hmm. I don't blame them at all. Uh, The media? Nope. You should have been able to see through all their crap this entire time. It's the people who actually voted for these two horrible candidates. That is uh, that is the problem, because, you know, it's always been like this. Pat, you go back to history and you see, uh, you know, the way the media wrote about candidates back in the 17, 1800s. They were just just, if not more unfair, in some cases, Uh, more. um, I mean, to the point of they would just make crap up completely from scratch. Oh, yeah. um, To lie about the other candidates. But it was up to the people to be able to decipher the information, uh, look through sources and figure out what was the right. thing. John Adams said that if Thomas Jefferson was elected president, you would have your children's heads on spikes and there would be rape and blood running in the streets of every city in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah. That's, that's an unsubstantiated charge. <laughs> right. And by the way, did not occur. So um, but it, it's it been more brutal. To, obviously, if people... Uh, who And whose fault would it have been uh, You know, if, if they decided listened to, to that? Oh, that would know, have been wow. the people. Right. I mean, uh, what's they your didn't face? Buy uh, it. Cameron Diaz. And they were a little, you would think, a little less sophisticated than we were because they didn't have right. all little, the information available. Although... Less, they probably had more information than we do. Somehow. Right, but less ability to fact check, less ability to right. realize what was true and That's what right. was not. I mean, Cameron Diaz in 2004, uh, during the 2000, I think it was the 2004 election. It could have been, no, it had to be 04 because it was Bush. Um, and she said, uh, if Bush is elected, rape will be legal. Yeah, like, essentially yeah, the same I remember point, that. right? I remember I mean, that. In a way, same essentially the same <laughs> yeah. point. And it was up to the American people. And again, people. though, we didn't go for it. No, I imagine the American mm-hmm. people had the. Uh, uh, it wasn't. It wouldn't be Cameron Diaz's fault. I mean, if she and said a something, a person told us that too right. than John Adams. Yeah. You know, as a matter, I mean, say again, that's a matter of opinion, and you need to sort that out for yourself. Do you think Cameron <laughs> Diaz or, or Adams is better? Look at my. You know, I think a lot of people I mean, would say, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that up to the, you know, to, to their judgment. Point being, it's so. our responsibility to decipher these matters. Uh, it is. If you can't if you can't do it, well, then you get the consequences of it. Yeah. And I suppose that's why people keep talking to us about like, well, uh, you know, where are you guys on? You know, I get, you know, we were talking about this on Twitter before, uh, earlier. People will call, you know, tweet us something and they think it's so insulting or the perfect thing to make us feel bad or whatever they're trying to do. And it's like. First of all, we're we long past. Care. We don't care what you say. We, we, you know, we we already think we're awful. Uh, I mean, I, you know. So the point is that we've gone through this fire a million times. We've seen every insult you can possibly throw at us. And none of it and makes, death threats. It's like, I mean, well, people are always whining in the media about oh, yeah. I got death threats. I got death. <laughs> Get in line. Welcome to. We've it. had death threats since. Uh, before some of these people were born. Right. I, my favorite Death threats. My favorite Shut one is up. the Trumpkin uh, thing to do is, you guys put Cheetos on your face. It's like, well, <laughs> first of all, just to, I mean, I don't mean so? to talk down to you. First of all, we did it intentionally on television. Like, we know we did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We make idiots of ourselves on TV all the time. You're talking to a person. Who has a television show, which you just saw a clip of, Wonderful World of Stew, Friday nights at 8 p.m., by the way. That's still on, or was that like the end of the clip? No, that was, that was, uh, oh, okay, it's, it's still on every Friday. But in oh, that, this wasn't a memorial to that? No, it's, it's still on. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Weekly, wow. And okay. I appreciate, huh. I appreciate I all of you watching. Huh. But it's like, you can't tweet as an insult a person putting Cheetos on his face to a person who, in the theme song... The, th- the opening theme of my show is me walking around Tampa in a tutu. 
I can't be shamed. I I left my shame on the doorstep a long time ago. I got news for you. We all at this, at this, on this network have left our shame at the door a long oh, time ago. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Criticize all you want. I don't. I. I mean, I, I just don't waste your time because I. I mean, you, you know, you can't make me feel worse about me than I already do. If you've gone dress shopping with your kids as a male and their father. Come and see. Okay? <laughs> Come and talk to me. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, 727 Beck is the phone number. Uh, your current uh, phone carrier uh, is doing things that you don't believe in. And uh, you might want to call them out on it. Uh, you might say, well, wait a minute. It's going to cost too much money to switch to Patriot Mobile, who is, you know, a, 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 a phone company that's built on the conservative values I believe in. Well, first of all, mm. you're going to get this $50 credit, which is kind of nice. But you might say the fee is going to be bigger than that. That's why they're going to give you up to $350. Uh, to pay off that fee if you switch, uh, you know, and this is why, uh, because your current phone company is donating money uh, to all sorts of things you don't agree with. Patriot mm-hmm. Mobile takes 5% of the money you give them for your bill, which is all, by the way, already less than you're paying the other guys. Uh, and they're going to uh, give that to a conservative organization of your choice. And your current phone company doesn't say to you, hey, um, which uh, progressive organization <laughs> do you want to donate to? They don't ask. No. They just do. Nation, uh, but my Patri- Patriot Mobile will ask, do you want to give it to the NRA? Do you want to give it to FreedomWorks? Do you want to give it to somebody else? Um, plus, they have a really nice list if you want to choose somebody from that. And you get the nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE data at really competitive prices, which, again, is not code speak for higher prices. They're lower than what you're paying now. And then they donate 5% of your bill every month to a cause you believe in. And you won't have to use like a 1987 car phone that you have to lug around. That's all the best phones. Everything Unless you, you want to. I mean, maybe they could hook something up. If you, really, if you like that big fat brick thing that's about yeah. that big? I don't know if those are available. Really? Yeah. They don't have I'm going to say probably yeah. not. Uh, but most of the phones that you might want, uh, Patriot Mobile has. Call them and ask them. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. Or mm-hmm. 877-367-7524. But ask if you want to If you want to look like Magnum PI. Right, well, yeah. You, know, you can like ask. The big phone like that. You can what ask. about the phone really, that hooked really up cool. to the battery that you just carried right, around with battery, you? Oh, ask. Shoulder, yeah. mm-hmm. Ask. You can ask them. They're not gonna. They're not gonna help you with that one. <laughs> but uh, you can ask them. PatriotMobile.com slash Blazer eight seven seven three six seven seventy five twenty four. stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Uh, that open, I want to thank you for that. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this. It's more than you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, well, I mean, you know that cost us uh, over... You did that live on the air, didn't you? Seven cents. <laughs> I believe you recorded it live yeah, on the air. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know, but what about the electricity the used value, to actually put it into something <laughs> digitally... It was probably about seven cents, uh, or maybe eight. How can that be more than? Never mind. <laughs> write, write the date down. Saturday, November nineteenth, uh, Intercontinental Dallas. Yes, in Addison, Texas. You can join us and Mercury One for the M One Ball two thousand sixteen. Uh, Sarah Evans is going to be performing. Uh, Dana Lash is going to be the MC. I'm a little disappointed. I was the MC last year, and I yeah, they realized what a mistake that was. So they're correcting. <laughs> Did they issue. really let you? Leave? I mean, yeah, remember? I mean, again, you look for, for like a reputable what? charity. Uh, what? Apparently, not finding it here. <laughs> a little disappointed. <laughs> no, no. But hey, you can uh, plus you can uh, you know raffle off. Uh, 
Uh, the Mercedes-Benz, which uh, I really would like to be able to be a part of, but I can't. It's 100 bucks. Just shot at the yeah. Mercedes-Benz. I think we can be a part of can't we? No. Can't we? No, you cannot. We can't be in that raffle? No, as long as we're affiliated mm. with oh. the company, we can't be. All right. Whatever. Whatever. I left it open for you, Stu. And no, I just... Uh, look, this is a serious charity matter. I don't know why you're joking about it. <laughs> MercuryWarp.org. <laughs> okay, and don't we have we have space uh, where somebody can sit with us if they yes we're for going whatever to, weird yeah we're going to be to. Uh, do, putting it together. I don't have the hundred uh, percent of the information that we all said okay to right right right. Uh, but there is going to be a way for you to uh, <laughs> to win a seat join, with be able to Pam sit with Stu, Stu Jeffy. and or Pat or myself. And Good morning, everybody. Ball. You sit at the table with us. And if the uh, attendee would like to sit on your lap, is that uh, part of the package? Sure. Is that a problem? Not for me. Is it for Amber? It's all for charity. Uh, I didn't ask. No, you don't. Uh, you don't. No, ask. you don't ask her no. until she asks, She tells you to ask her, and then you ask. She's her. gonna be running around taking pictures. So who cares? All right. So what else do you have? <laughs> so you got Hopefully you got your little plug in there. Now what? Do you, what, what you else? Uh, for those of you concerned, I know you were concerned about uh, uh, Bob Dylan accepting his Nobel Peace Prize because we were surprised that he hadn't acknowledged it. But he did acknowledge it on his website for one day. Uh, he put up his all the lyrics to his songs for free. Uh, on his website for one day and said, you know, for, called himself the Nobel Prize winner. But everyone was concerned because he hadn't talked to the Nobel Prize people and they hadn't heard from him and they didn't know if he was going to show up to accept the award. And they felt it was just so rude of Bob. So he mm -hmm. finally got back to him and said, all right, don't worry about it. I'll be there. Really? Well, I'm really excited. I will say he was, uh, and it was not a peace prize. It was a prize for literature. Nobel Prize for literature, correct. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't know. Bob doesn't get the peace prize. No, only Barack gets that. <laughs> but that's bizarre that he won a Nobel Prize for uh, what? For his songs. A bunch of garbage songs? Liter literature. <laughs> They're blowing in the wind. <laughs> well, the, it's the literature, not the not the vocal. I know. Yeah. Style awful. I mean, in a way, it's a giant insult to him. Like your writing is great, but we cannot give you a song award because you you can't sing. Is there a Nobel Prize for songs? No, but no. I like Bob though. I like a lot of. Do you honestly? Yeah. You like his there's music? Some, there's some stuff that I kind of like. Yeah, I was. How is that like possible? Uh, my first wife really liked him, so she forced me to like some of his. I know. Stuff. Look what happened to her. That's kind of a good point. Never mind. I don't like Bob Dylan. That's just rude. That's rude. That's rude. That's rude. That was wrong. I take it back. Uh, good news for uh, Anheuser-Busch. Uh, their sales are going to be going up now that they St. Louis, Missouri? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Uh, since they uh, have canceled their uh, campaign with Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen yeah. uh, because sales were Ooh. declining. That was uh, with Amy uh, and, uh, and Seth? Yes. The sales Declined. declined. Yeah. I love that. I love that, too. Thank you. Yes, look. Thank you, America. Yes. Thank you. That restored just, a, yes, just, a just an of emoticon of faith in, in fact, the American people. In fact, my favorite tweet, one of my favorite tweets about the news of them uh, getting the uh, campaign killed was, uh, I don't get it. Everybody I know loves Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen head-scratching Brooklyn copywriters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I, I would say the good thing about that particular uh, thing, because it was all about equal pay. Yeah. And now they actually crap. get equal pay. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to. It's a problem solved. It was a right. weird campaign. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, it was stupid. It, it was poorly done. 
It was not funny. No, it, that, it was and that bad. was honestly the worst part about bad. it. It was not funny. Uh-uh. You know, if you want to make political jokes during a political season, you can get away with it. Yeah. I would have, yeah. I think if it was funny, um, you know, like Saturday Night Live has had some funny stuff, um, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. this year with the election. Some of it's been funny. Um, and when, they've, it, when they've worked. Right. What was that right. weird thing, though? Okay, equal, unequal pay. But then they tried to say that women have to... They didn't even say this wasn't true. Women have to pay different prices for products than men do. What? What are you talking? They have to pay different for their for their hamburgers and their cars and all that stuff. And it was it didn't wind up in a joke or anything. They acted like it was real. No, yeah, it's real. It was real. It's just real. a bizarre, Here's my dumb campaign. I, may I posit a theory here on this one? Yes, you may. I like positing theories. Here we go. Seth Rogen and, uh, and Amy Schumer, they're the funniest and they're the hottest comedians. And we can get them. We, what if we can get them together? Let's ask them. Uh, well, they won't do it unless they can make some big political statement. I don't care. Let them say whatever they want. I mean, then we got Amy yeah. Schumer and, and Seth Rogen in our ad. Okay, here's the script they, they, uh, they came up with. There's no jokes and it's all about women's equal pay. Well, we're already in the contract. Like, it's like, it's like the Maybe idea that... Make sure, they're holding a, make sure they're holding a Budweiser. They chase celebrity. You know, Amy Schumer was the you know the big new hot mm, thing. Yeah. I mean, and so which has been already probably she's doing over. everything she can to get people to dislike her. She sure to get is. at least fifty oh, percent of the country. I know you're supposed you to some clips. like her intensely. I, know. I thought about that when I saw this story the, a couple nah, days ago. Right. I okay. thought oh. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to do my work because I, I keep telling Jeffy, I'm like, what you don't understand is Amy Schumer was once was very funny. funny, and I I, um, I don't I don't understand that either because I. I didn't know her previous work, and maybe yeah. it was funny, and but so I'd she's say, not funny now. No, I she she's given up. It out, though. Funny. I know, and I said, let me at least give you the case. I'll give you some of her early stuff that I, that I think is really funny, and you tell me if you like it. Uh, but I, and I meant to do it, and I have not. It's still on my list. I actually have a list here that says Amy <laughs> Schumer on it. I'm like, got to do this because Glenn requested it as well. Super dirty. Dirty. It's I very fil- it's filthy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, she's very talented as can a comedian. We, can we run it through Vid Angel for Pat? It's going to be like four <laughs> words long, but yes. <laughs> Uh, by the way, VidAngel still still exists, which is uh, a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah. The four biggest movie companies in the world are suing them, and right? usually they're out of existence by now. But they're they hanging in there somehow. Yeah. They've hung in. There's some Vice news story I was telling Pat about off the air where they went and visited the VidAngel guys. Yeah, um, and they help. If you don't know, they help edit like movies from R to PG or G or whatever. So you you know you can watch. You can take out whatever content. you want. Right, take out swears. And uh, you know, and it just it, and and they said there's only two kinds of cuts that they can do. They have to be jump cuts. They can't be. They can't do any like f- fancy dissolves or anything to no, make it look right. better. It's got to be jump cuts. And there's a couple of other right. weird restrictions they found. But I guess they raised like five million dollars for this lawsuit. I contribute. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You said that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. They they talked about that. They did like a GoFundMe or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. They did it right on their page, and they said if you want to help us in our lawsuit, uh, you know, donate here, and I did so. Um, it's it, it's a, it's an amazing service, and uh, it, it allows us to see movies that we wouldn't otherwise be able to see. Uh, but one of the things they had to do recently was um, they had to stop doing the automatic sell. I, 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 so I wasn't surprised about that news either. You that, buy like, the movie for t- the way it works is you buy the movie for twenty two dollars, and then you sell it back to them for twenty dollars. So you've actually paid two dollars for your HD rental. Okay, don't say the word rental. Uh, for your HD purchase, and then and but then it automatically sells it back to the company, so it only costs you two dollars. And they had to get rid of the automatic feature because that was then too much like a rental. 
So now you have to manually sell it back to them so that, you know, you get it's go through the, easy go through. to do. It's super easy. Yeah. <laughs> The other day, though, we we rented this movie, and it was it was just a PG thirteen, but my wife wanted the F word taken out of it because he said it once. So I go through this whole process of you know, and it'll tell you, do you want the kissing taken out? You can click on that. You can click on whatever you want taken out that may or may not be offensive. You put anything to some in. people, and you can you can leave everything in if you want to, except the opening credits. Can't I think add something. I'm asking, can I put? Things you cannot in. put things in. No, sorry, Jeffy. So I go through and I, I think I meticulously edit this thing and then we, we start playing it. The F word is in there. Every kissing scene is taken out. So we, we saw we saw nobody kiss, but we did have the F word uh, in there a few times. So I mean, so, I will say that would be great for. Um, did that kids. enhance your movie watching it really, experience? It really helped. It was really good. I would say it would be great for kids because I know um, you know we you know we'll let the kids watch movies here and there and you know they're it's great typically kids. speaking um, kids movies, but you for like I don't know it just like, some of it is like. You you don't realize how intense some of it is. Yeah, I mean it really yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Like I'm like I I was like wow I I probably should have watched this thing before showing it to him. I mean who thought mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, Schindler's this would be this intense? No, I'm gonna, <laughs> um, I, I, it's that's uh, what happened to him. <laughs> Shut a, up! It's real, kids. Get used to it. This is the world you're growing up into. <laughs> you need to get prepared for it now because things are about to get rough around here. But it's interesting. Some it's like some of the newer cartoons are more. Uh, yeah, they they'll, are. they'll do more like fart jokes mm-hmm. and things like that than they mm-hmm. used to. But the old ones are more like intense and life and death threatened. Oh yeah. Uh, than the newer ones are. It's a weird combination. Yeah, but nobody nice. ever dies. Yeah, they, you, yeah. You, know, you drop a safe on their head and they're okay. The yeah. next scene. And Daffy yeah. Duck gets his gets his oh. beak blown off with a shotgun <laughs> yes. eight times in a row. Well, yeah, and that's more. I'm thinking more like movies, but like Bambi. I mean, like like a lot of that stuff, like. It's, a, it's scarring, I it think, at, that, that, at times for kids. Bambi is a seriously disturbing movie yes. to kids. <laughs> it really is. It is. Now, so, Jeffy, uh, so what... You are pathetic. <laughs> seriously. If, if you ever had children you, you cared about... Yeah. Um, yeah, let's say there was a person know. on Earth you actually cared for. Oh, my let's, God. Yeah, let's put ourselves in that situation for a second. <laughs> see if we get back. Can you get there? Like a little person. Like a little person you've ever cared about. Uh, wouldn't you want them protected a little bit, or no? No? Yeah, okay. You can't even imagine it. Bambi! <laughs> All right. Next next story. Douche. What is it? <laughs> Are we done with this? We could be done. Because this is awful. Care. All right. More patents, stew. We've got to stop Coming these segments. Patent. We cannot yeah, do the yeah, yeah, that just... <laughs> uh, douche all of Rainbow. Will Hillary Rodham Clinton make it? It's up to you, America! This is kind of fun. Uh, William Shirer's The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich sat in the 900 section of New York's Gilderland uh, Library since it was first published in 1960, but it isn't the original copy. That one was checked out in April 1974, and then it was returned uh, last Tuesday. (laughs) 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 From April 1974 to last Tuesday, 
somebody had the book in their possession. It's a notable thing. doesn't happen very often. I've been in libraries for 30 years. This is the most extreme overdue book I'm aware of, <laughs> according to the library director, Tim Wiles. It's unclear why exactly the guy kept the book for so long. Um, he left. He told us he moved to another country. He'd taken the book with him and moved back, but he felt it should come back home. Late fees for the book, that's 15531 days overdue. Three thousand one hundred six dollars. See, that's why you never take it back, because they, they now they're going to expect him to pay that. I mean, no, you pay not. for the book, right? You, you would not. You uh, you give him thirty bucks for the book. I, I give him zip, right? I mean, maybe you give him interest that's, due over the time or uh, the cost of the book. No, you don't pay him thirty one hundred dollars for late fees. I mean, you know, you give, uh, yeah, I think you, you maybe make a $100 donation. This is the maybe. state, though. They're going to make yeah, him maybe. pay that. No, they are not. He is not paying the $3,000. That would be. He may not pay it, but extreme. they're going to charge him for it. No, they won't. No, they won't. I don't think they will. Not even in New York. I don't think even New York would be that. Yes, stupid. they will. No, they won't. <laughs> you act as if you've ever been inside a library. We under- <laughs> I have, and there's a few library books that I may still have. I don't know that he, any of them are from 1974, but a couple of them may be. I had a, a book about spiders. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a big, I can still, still remember the, the Black Widow picture on it because I thought it was so cool. But it was like a, a book, and it was a big, big book, you know, about as big as, as this. And it was like big pictures of spiders on every page and went through all the spiders, like up to the most deadly. And I got it from the library, and I had it for years. And I thought, at one point, if I ever fought it, if Jeez. I ever found it now, I would totally return it. I mean, I have no idea where it is. I'm sure it's long gone. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. But I remember it was like one of those things I had. So you never did return it? Never did. I had it for a while, and I had it, and then all of a sudden I think we moved to another town. You essentially stole the book. I I essentially stole the book. You feel okay about that? I do not. I just said I would return it if I found it. Well, you should maybe send them the money for the book. Well, I can't because they closed down. They were $3 short and had to close down and burn the library (laughs) to the ground. They said they were missing one book about spiders. Uh, but. See? See what you did? You cost somebody their business. <laughs> and the sad thing is, everyone in the town died because of it. Oh, man. Yeah, the, whole, the fire burned down the entire only. town. Everyone died. If only. So, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they had that affirmative action bake sale at UT, and of course, people got upset. Yeah, okay. Uh, conservative student group. I, I love these things because it, it's just so, it shows the hypocrisy and the stupidity of this. But uh, they charged different prices based on race or ethnicity. Uh, the group anticipated some backlash, but they probably didn't expect to be met with over 100 angry student protesters. Uh, but they were. So the bake sale was for an Asian male, $1.50. Uh, Asian female, $1.25. White male, you pay a dollar. Female pays 75 cents. African-American male, 50 cents. African-American female, 25 cents, and so on. Free if you're Native American. <laughs> That's, it's funny. It makes a point. It's a statement. What are you getting so upset about? Uh, so members of the group said they created the event because they believe it's racist to factor in race when admitting students to a university. And admissions should be purely merit-based. I happen to agree with that. Uh, based on the you know content of character or by how they've conducted themselves. University of Texas consists of 45.1% white, 19.5% Hispanic, 
percent Asian and uh, only 3.9 percent blacks, 0.2 percent Native Americans. Our protest was designed to highlight the insanity of assigning our lives value based on our race and ethnicity rather than our other talents, work ethic and intelligence. But, you know, the protesters didn't see that, see it that way. And and of course, they tried to shout them down. And that's what happens now on college campuses, because you got to be in safe spaces and you can't hear anything that's against your principles or your values. Even when the prices are better for you. Even when they're right. better. Like, I mean, if I could go to a bake sale where I'd find cheaper baked goods. I'm buying it. I'm in, as you can yeah. obviously tell by right. our, our collective appearance. Exactly. Uh, we're Unfortunately, eat- we're white. Which means we pay a little bit more. Not if we pay less than Asians. But that's which, true. Which is good. A little less uh, than Asians. As I always think about what, <laughs> what is an interesting uh, argument is when it comes to that, you know, sort of racial, uh, you know, we need to give reparations. Should Asians give reparations to us, white people? I mean, yeah, sure. We were imprisoning them just a few decades ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, in reality, they're doing better than us. So. Yeah. It's a good point. Earning more. Higher achievement. About- send us some cash. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents too come on. You know who would do this with us? Tarunda Fox. I bet she'd be on this bandwagon. We I should bet have she asked would. her about that. Interview. Yeah. Next president of the United States. Well, she's, she's already got five hundred electoral votes locked up. She's really already winning. She's been controlling the country. She's already won. We're going to take a quick look as we leave the new show, new movie, Life. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. Far, far, far. There is no strife, no prejudice, no national conflict in outer space as yet. Its hazards are hostile to us all. Its conquest deserves the best of all mankind. Mm-hmm. And its opportunity... For peaceful cooperation may never come again. That's it. The mission's primary goal has been achieved. We're looking at a large single cell, biological. I'd hate to jump the gun, but I think it's time. We're looking at the first proof of life beyond Earth. You finally a daddy. It's going to be a big custody battle over this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Uh Oh, Oh. he got grabbed. This looks pretty good. I love this kind of stuff, but we are out of time. Maybe we'll revisit that trailer because it looks awesome. It's called Life. And a uh, new movie, I, I don't know when it starts. Anybody Memorial Day. Memorial Day? Yeah. Is that so, true? Yeah. Oddly, Oddly, come on, uh, that's too far from it's a, now. It's actually a, a message movie about abortion, which is weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah.